Welcome to the B2B Marketing and Copywriting Podcast. I am your host, Linda Malone, certified conversion copywriter and founder of The Copyworks. In this podcast, I interview marketing and copywriting experts on all facets of, well, marketing and copy, with an emphasis on the link between the two, with a focus on creating higher conversions in your B2B business. I also include recordings from the other side of the table where I'm interviewed by the host of other podcasts and short clips of tips from yours truly on copywriting. In short, you'll find something for everyone in the marketing and copywriting B2B world. Let's dig in. My guest today is Jason Vanna. Jason is a brand and content strategist, an entrepreneur and founder of Shift, spelled S. HFT. Before social media even existed, Jason was creating content that drove revenue and positioned brands as the premium choice in their industry. So now you fast forward 20 years and his strategies have turned previously unknown businesses into worldwide category dominating brands. When he's not leading the team at Shift, he can be found hiking, traveling, brushing up on his Czech language skills, or ripping apart bad sales and marketing tactics as Hashtag Sassy Jason on LinkedIn. In today's episode, Jason talks about all things LinkedIn, including why vulnerability is a double-edged sword, the phoniness of some LinkedIn quote gurus, and how to make LinkedIn content work for you and so much more. Let's jump right in. Okay, Jason, I'm really excited to have you on my podcast. We talk so much on LinkedIn through the comments that I feel like we're just continuing the conversation here in a way. Yeah. I'm excited to be on here. I think we've been yeah, I think we've been communicating back and forth for about a year now. So to actually yeah. be on a call with you and, and talking with you, this is this is exciting. Yeah. And it's so it's I love your posts. And this is one of the reasons, <laughs> one of the big reasons why I have you on, because I was reviewing all of your posts recently and you have the same kind of attitude that I have. And so that's what I wanted to get into, like what I want to start with, like how you got started, because it's been about three years and Mm -hmm. and how you grew your audience and so on. So let's just start from the beginning. So you posted recently that 75% of your revenue comes from LinkedIn content. So how did you get, like, how did you get started? First of all, like, was it something that triggered you to just get really active on LinkedIn or was it a gradual thing? And then how did you get to where you are now? I mean, I know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was, it was a mistake to be honest, or, or maybe not a mistake. I shouldn't say it that way. It wasn't intentional. What was happening was I logged into LinkedIn. I've had a LinkedIn account for decades, you know, like ever since you could have one, it was an online digital resume. So I have I've had a LinkedIn account for a long time. And really all I was doing was logging in to update my online resume. Oh. And when I logged in and I saw my, all of a sudden there's this feed that people were posting content on. Now, I've been a content guy for 25 years. So before even social media really existed, I was using creating content to sell something to make money. Some of your audience may not even know this. I don't I don't know if you do, but I used to have a GeoCities account like back when you had dial up and and even before AOL existed, there were it was more like a forum kind of a precursor to a modern blog. Like you could post your thoughts on there and stuff. And I started making money on a GeoCities account before Facebook, before Instagram, before LinkedIn. So content's always been um, 
a big part of the marketing and the branding strategies that I do. And so when I logged into LinkedIn and saw like, hey, people are actually creating content on here. My thought was, ah, I'll give it a try. Like I had no real plan. I wasn't even looking to start a business and like, oh, I'm going to do this to generate revenue. It was more like, hey, people are using this platform. This could help me land a new job. This could open an opportunity for me. So I'm just going to jump in and start creating content. And that's that's really what I did. And to be honest, one of the pieces of advice, and we'll probably get into this later, that I always give is focus on one main topic when you write content. And so when I landed on LinkedIn and started creating content, I was creating content from this idea of personal development. Most people don't know this, but in my my spare time, I do some mentoring and some coaching for for young people. And so that personal development style content, very easy for me to come up with. So that's kind of where I where I started and started building a little bit of an audience that way. And I'm like, hey, this is this is kind of cool. And then I like paused for a second and I was like, do I want to be a life coach? Like, is this, you know, because if I keep going down this road, I know I'll make money from it just with with what I've seen in the last 25 years. And so I was like, do I want to be a life coach? Like, do I want people coming to me like, oh man, that post was awesome. Can I like pick your brain for an hour? Can I get a consultation with you? Can I, can I hire you to help me? And I was like, no, I do not want to be a life coach. I don't want, I'm not a therapist. I don't want to do this. And so for me at that point, it was like, what can I make money on? What could like drive getting a new job? And I was like, marketing. Duh. Like that's what I've done for the last 20 some years. So it's like, maybe I need to switch, stop with the personal development and switch to just sharing, sharing the stuff I've done in my job, sharing the the advice that I have, the stuff that I, I share with other marketers and that we talk about and nerd out about. And so that's where I switched to. And that has started then like shift was not an idea in my head before I started on LinkedIn. I didn't get on LinkedIn to grow my business. I got on LinkedIn to create content. And from that started a business because people would see the content I was giving out and be like, hey, I like the DM me and be like, hey, I need that help. Can I like pay for your time? Can you do this for me? And I was like, yes, I have packages <laughs> already created that I can do all of this for you. And it was really my first few clients like, I've told some of them this since then. It's like, I had no, I like I knew marketing, but I didn't have a package put together. I just, you said, this is what you wanted. I was like, Hey, guess what? I do that. And I was like, I threw something together just to get your money is, is what that was. And, and to me, that's the power of content is you don't even have to have a business plan or idea. If you focus your content, you can build a business just by being an expert in a certain industry. And so that's yeah. a long, long answer to the question, but that's really how I got started on LinkedIn. I think a lot of the, I've heard that before, like when people start asking you for certain information and they're well, they're like, do you have, you know, this something I could buy? I mean, then, you know, there's an audience right there, Yeah, you know, especially if more than one person asks you. And I wanted to ask you when you say like, you, cause you had said recently, there's three things that are most effective and that's focus your content where you just talked about stay consistent and engage. Were you doing all these things at the beginning or how long did it take 
before you realize like these things was it, was it gradual or were you pretty much like out of the gate you were focused and with your content so once i made that switch to to focusing on marketing it it was it was kind of that those three things i was doing right out of the gate and the reason i say that is because i ha- i already was a content person i've already used i had built brands on facebook on instagram like help these massive b2b companies like start generating revenue through social media and so those tactics like this idea of focusing your content staying consistent and engaging on other people's content that is like universal fundamental marketing rules and, and like people nowadays they're like oh man this is a linkedin hack no it's not it is fundamental marketing if you want to be seen as a solution you focus your content and like i'll say something like that like pick a topic that's all you write on like 80 to 100% of the time that's what you write on because really if you think about it and this is something i do with our clients when we bring them on and they're like well i want to write about this and this and this and this and this i'm like we're going to pick one thing and that's what we're going to focus on a lot of times the kickback in fact we actually had one of our clients last month was like hey so we're talking on the same topic a lot. Like, do you think our audience is getting bored? And so the illustration I always give is I'll jump onto the LinkedIn feed and I'll pick one person in my feed and say, okay, we're going to say your content is this person. Mm-hmm. And I scroll through. I'm like, okay, this person's talking marketing. Next post I see is talking like life coaching. And the next person I see is talking this. The next person I see is talking this. I'm like, now if I've engaged with all four of the, these people, do you think I even remember what you wrote about? No. And I'm like, really what we're doing is we're trying to build this association that you equals this. So for me, it's Jason equals brand and content. Like that's which we see content as an extension of brand. So really it's Jason equals branding. That's the, that's the association I want in your head But when you're looking at a feed where you're scrolling through 50 or 100 people's other posts and you only see me once a day, it takes time to build that association. And by focusing, you build that association faster. So now when people see you, like when they see me, they see Jason equals branding. So if I need branding content help, I know who to go to because this is all this dude writes about. And that's really, that's really the goal. And It's not a LinkedIn hack. It is a marketing, like a foundational marketing and branding tactic. And and what happens is people will kick back with this. And I I can already hear some of your audience saying this, like Gary V doesn't stick on one topic, but Gary V did for 10 years. He was the wine guy for 10 years before he built an audience and then started talking about other things. And so your content strategy changes as your audience grows and evolves and you become known once i'm solidified as the branding guy yeah i've thrown in some leadership stuff here i can Mm -hmm. do that because people know i'm the branding guy but if you're starting out and people don't know you and you're talking leadership and branding and marketing and life coaching and all this stuff it's hard to associate you with one solution because you've talked about so many things and so if you're, let's say you're, you are writing a post every day, Monday through Friday, if every day is a different topic, I could go an entire month and not know what you actually provide. So now when I'm looking for a solution, you're not even a consideration 
because you've written about so many things that I have no idea, yeah. like what you actually offer. And that's the, that's like foundational marketing focus, focus on one thing, build that repetition, then expand as you have the audience and the ability to. And I also think too, like you mentioned Gary V. Now the thing with Gary V, because I am a fan of his and I know he's he's very polarizing, but the mm-hmm. thing I love about him, which is very similar to you, is that I know when I listen to him, there's going to be no BS. He's going to just, yeah. he just puts it out. I used to be in the baking business like years ago. I talked about this. When you're creating a recipe, once you've got the recipe foundation down, which would be your brand and what you're talking about, then you can kind of go off and try different things too. But yeah. people will come back to you, I think, for other reasons over time. Like once you establish yourself, is that... Uh, you, you agree with that? That like now it's like if yeah. I post something, I know whether it's branding or not, and it almost always is, but there's always like today, as we're talking, <laughs> you posted about this the crying CEO. I mean, do you want to say something about that? Because I thought that's so funny that everyone's talking about it and I I haven't posted about it because it's like everyone else is doing it. So right. But what do you feel about like vulnerability and all that? Oh, gosh. Here's the thing about the crying CEO. First of all, I have curated my LinkedIn feed so well, I saw none of it. I didn't even know that happened until someone sent me a DM and was like, hey, what do you think about this? And I'm like, what the hell are you talking about? Like, I don't even know what this crying CEO thing is. Everyone's been like, it's every post I see in my feed. I'm like, I've seen none of it. Curate your feed. It's wonderful. So the the post you mentioned, the the stance that I took on it is that like it almost feels like to me that there's this race among LinkedIn content creators to be the most vulnerable. Mm-hmm. And like it, it's this idea of like to be authentic, I have to share everything about myself. I have to like share everything that bad that's happened. And I have to post a selfie of myself crying and and all this stuff so that people see the real part of me. And to me, it's, it's bull crap. Like you can be authentic without sharing everything. Like if you look at my posts, they are authentically me. I am sassy. I am snarky. I am going to call out the BS. Like it's why our clients love working with us. And and one of the things they'll even say as we we start a project is like, don't spare my feelings. I am paying you to help me get this right, not protect my feelings. I'm like, oh, you have nothing to worry about with <laughs> Stephanie. Like no. we will straight up tell you that's the wrong thing to do. And, and and like we've even had clients where they still were like, well, we still want to do it this way. Great. Here, we want you to sign this piece of paper saying that like we advised you to do it differently so that when you don't get the results, we have the signed piece of paper that you want to go against what mm-hmm. we said. Like that's how like bold and blunt we are. My post was all about this idea that everyone is trying to race with this vulnerability thing. And it's gotten to the point where Like when people post this vulnerability crap, my BS meter goes off and I'm like, I bet it's fake. If you remember about a year ago, there's this whole, like every influencer was doing this story of like, well, I hired this homeless, I ran across this homeless person. I hired them as our CEO. And I was like, do people actually believe this BS? Like who hires a homeless person that you met on the street five days ago to be the CEO of your company? Like if you're doing that, 
you need to be fired from your own company because that's horrible leadership. But like, it's this tendency in us to like, people are hearing influencers say, be authentic, be vulnerable, like share a story. It's got to be a story. Like it's got to like pull on the, the heartstrings in order to work. And so we're in this race now who can share the saddest story? Who can sh- have the biggest sob story that's going to pull all the heartstrings? And like looking at that, take all the controversy aside, he nailed it. You've got a crying selfie. You've got this, I'm a CEO and I had to let everyone go and look at how devastating this is. And my post today was, yeah, the path that a lot of creators on LinkedIn are on I could name names. I won't, but I could name names of people that I'm like, you would post that. Give it a year. I I guarantee you, you would post something like that because you're on that same trajectory of look at like, I saw someone post the other day and this pissed me off. It was a a post, like they went through a McDonald's drive-thru and saw someone like one of the employees cleaning the windows and the windows were spotless. And so they like took a picture of that employee and was like, man, you are such a model employee. And I'm like, one- why are you posting crap about someone else Two, like all you're doing is using someone else's stuff, someone else's life to get likes on LinkedIn. And I'm like, it's, it's gotten to the, like this post today, uh, last time I checked, it's up to 450 likes, which is my content kind of like sticks around the 200 level. So for it to be 450 already and and we're barely at midday, for me, it's insane. Like this, I would not be surprised if this post hits a thousand likes. And the comments that I've been reading is people are like, I am so tired of this kind of vulnerable BS. Like, think about it. That story itself. And, and this is what I see with a lot of people posting selfies that are trying to like pull this vulnerable. Oh, it's such a tough time for me. There was thought that went into this is hard. I've got to take a selfie. I've got to write a post. I've got to publish it. This was not a in the moment, oh, I'm crying, boom, post it to post a picture. This was thought out. I'm and and genuinely, maybe the dude is hurting. Maybe the dude genuinely was crying. I'm not, I'm not speaking to the genuineness of what was going on in his head, but the fact that he took a moment of vulnerability and used it for attention. And that's what most people on LinkedIn, when they're doing these vulnerable posts, that's what they're doing is a moment of vulnerability. I'm turning it to get attention and it's turning people like get into that personal development side. It's turning people into a bunch of narcissistic assholes, part of my language, but like it's turning people into a bunch of narcissists where it's like, it's, all about me. I'm going to take someone else's story and make it about me. I'm going to take this hardship and like make it about getting likes on LinkedIn. So I get a dopamine hit and, you know, bringing this back to like a business level, you will always get more engagement off those type of posts. Yeah. Hands down. I will never say that a post about you crying over losing employees is not going to perform as well as like a branding post. Of course it is. Because it's it's universal. Everyone is attracted to it. Like if you post this fluff, motivational, just do it. You're going to get through the hardship. Who doesn't that apply to? But if you are trying to generate leads for your company, that kind of content, while you may generate a thousand likes, I can jump into your Shield account and see that those thousand likes are not from your ideal customers. 
So yes, you got attention. Great. But did you get the right attention? And that's where that's where people miss it on LinkedIn is they're after likes and engagement. The posts that are going to get you the leads are not necessarily the posts that are going to get you the likes and attention. And so you need to decide which one's more important. Are you comfortable being like, for me, I look at some of these other creators that always have a thousand likes on their posts. I'm like, could I do that? 100%. I could blow them out of the water with the likes that I get. But I'm out here, I'm not selling a LinkedIn course. I'm out here selling like a $20,000 branding package. 20 to like some of, some of them, depending how much we do, is a $150,000 branding package. I'm not going to sell that using the type of content that these LinkedIn influencers use. It's got to, it's got to show expertise. So people are going for the, the dopamine hit, the likes and all that, but it's sort of like with video, you know, I post videos and snippets like this interview there, I'll post like a Mm -hmm. minute or two. I don't get as much engagement. Actually, that's been changing lately. I don't know if LinkedIn is starting to really push out video, but I tend to get more views on the text posts. Um, And I'm playing around now with images and stuff because I had a friend of mine who's getting a ton of engagement. And she said, she just posts like everyday images of herself. They're not glamour shots or anything like they're just, you know, shots of her working, whatever. And she said, I have just seen that my engagement goes way up and she has been getting leads from it. So I thought, mm-hmm. well, let me try it. I don't notice it so much of um, engagement, but I do notice that the thing with video is that there it's real engagement because I guess the algorithm picks up how much time, like it counts as a view if someone watches a certain percentage of the video. So there are more real views, but it's hard to get past that, you know, how many views am I getting? And the one that I got the most on, there was two that I did and they were both one wasn't emotional. One was about, should you use the F word in marketing? I had 100,000 views. It was a poll. This was like over a year ago. And it was right. crazy. People told me it was the dumbest question that they ever heard, blah, blah, blah. And the reason that I even brought that up was because I had received marketing emails with profanity. And I don't care. I found it distracting just because I didn't think it was necessary. So I put mm-hmm. it up there. Did not think I'd get that reaction. But that was really polarizing. of people said it's not appropriate, by the way, in the end. But then the other was how I lost, uh, I got into debt, $42,000. But I think I mentioned this on some of your posts, because you talk a lot about these people selling courses that shouldn't be selling courses. And so I wasted, I'd say 80% of that was a waste of money, was that Mm -hmm. $42,000 for coaches. And ironically enough, in fact, I was going to post about this this week, I just hired a high-level coach to help me. But this person... I've worked with a little bit before and he's, I'm always trying to push myself with my, he's a copywriting coach and it's marketing. Mm -hmm. And I know him well enough to know that he's worth it. He's already helped me and I haven't paid him much, but it's really made me leery. And so that was the other question I would ask you is like, talk about the whole LinkedIn guru thing. Cause I know you have, why is it so (laughs) so triggering for you? (laughs) So, what we're seeing on LinkedIn is you get these new people on the platform who see a little bit of success right away. Like they hit a certain amount of connections right away. They're seeing like a uh, uh, trending upwards in their views on their content. They, some will even land like maybe one client from their LinkedIn content. And they're like, I know LinkedIn, I've got this figured out. And really what's happening though is LinkedIn favors 
newbies on the platform. So like if you just start creating content on LinkedIn, the algorithm will push your content out more than it would someone who's been on the platform for two, three years. Reason being is what they're trying to do is keep you creating on the platform. Because if more people are creating, more people join, more people are on the platform, they make more money. So the goal is, hey, if you're if you're starting out and you've only published seven posts, we want those seven posts to do decently enough that you're like, ooh, I want to stay on the platform. And so, and if you've done content for any length of time, you know that starting out, you're going to see a spike. You're going to like, because it's new and people are seeing you and they're connecting with you. You're like, oh, this is awesome. You know, especially if they're also new people connecting with you, then LinkedIn only has their posts to send to you. And so it's like, man, I'm getting this awesome reach, but give it three, four months. And what happens is reach starts trending downwards. You start running out of ideas of what to post. The people that were engaging with you are now starting to engage with other people's content that they see, and maybe yours isn't showing up in the feed as much. And you you hit this plateau or you hit this downward spike. And that's where, and I, I mean, I've been on the platform for three and a half years. I've seen these newbies come out of the gate running like, man, I'm, I'm awesome. And they start these LinkedIn courses of like, I'm going to teach you how to do LinkedIn. And Four months later, they're off the platform. A year later, they're off the platform because they couldn't make money, but they're teaching other people, like supposedly able to teach other people how to make money. And here's the thing. So I am going to drop a name here. Love the dude, Justin Welsh. I think everyone knows him. Here's the thing though. Like if you use his tactics, great tactics. If you're selling, if you are a solopreneur selling a course, if you are going to sell a branding package, if you are selling a $500,000 industrial smokehouse, which was where I used to work, if you are selling a $30,000 software package, Mm -hmm. those tactics don't work because it's a different industry with a different, like a a different style that needs to work. It's a different tactic to sell a $50,000 branding package than it is a $250 LinkedIn course. Now I will say this, his LinkedIn course is the best one out there. So if you are going to get a LinkedIn course, get his, this way he doesn't get mad at me. (laughs) I I think I bought it. I bought something from him. Yeah. Yeah. But, but here's the, here's the thing. Like most of these people who are putting out LinkedIn courses, they've only seen results in their industry with their style. So to take that and say, this is how you grow on, on LinkedIn and say, this is going to apply if you do, if you sell a $50,000 branding package, I look at that and I'm like, dude, if I did what you're saying, I would not have a business right now. Mm-hmm. Everything you said is counter to what I've done to grow my business and, and turn us like get us on the path to seven figures income you know, selling these big packages and 75% of those coming from LinkedIn. Like it's a much different tactic. And so you've got people who don't know branding and don't know content and how content actually creates revenue, trying to teach people how to create revenue with content. It'd be like me trying to teach a baking course. I can bake. I know how to bake a cake, but am I an expert? Do I know it well enough to know every in and out and say, hey, because you're at a different elevation, you need to change your baking habits this way. Not a clue. 
I can bake a Duncan Hines cake in Illinois in my electric oven, no problem. But if you're going to ask me, how do I now do something more complicated? I'm not the person to ask because I'm not an expert. And that's what we're seeing on LinkedIn is a lot of these course creators are newbies that have no understanding of content, but they've seen a little bit of success themselves. And so they think they're an expert now. And so now they want to make money off of it. They sell a course that ultimately isn't going to work. Yeah. And we've we've seen that because now like there are people two years ago that had courses aren't on LinkedIn anymore because it didn't work. And that's that's what triggers me is you've got these. And I think this is why it triggers me is our ideal customers here at Shift are founders who don't know marketing and branding. And so they hear someone say, I can help you generate leads on LinkedIn. Just buy my course. They buy the course. They start implementing it. They see no results because they're not a marketer. They don't know to look at this and say, that's BS. That's wrong. That's wrong. That's wrong. They don't know. They just see, oh man, I'm sharing like I got a hundred thousand views on my post. So you need to listen to me. Great. And I've got a post coming out of this next week. So something to look forward to. I know you'll like it. It starts out with, I got a hundred million views on my likes this month or this year. And great. If I post every single day, I'll get there within a year. Anyone will get there within a year. Show me how much money you've made your clients, them them generating money from their LinkedIn content. That's what to look for. So if you are looking for a course, if that's kind of the the price point you're at, always ask, I want to see how much money your clients made implementing this, not how much money you've made selling the course. Because I used to, and I had the same gripe about all the courses I I mentioned, I waste all that money. Mm -hmm. Just for fun, I'm still in the Facebook group just to see what people in there are talking about. Because there's there's one particular group I was in for a long time. I paid $12,000. And the person who runs this course, I just feel like there's just so many, he takes it, in my opinion, takes advantage of a lot of people who just are, are they're looking for something and they, they have, like you said, like an idea. And a lot of it is like this thing about an abundance mindset. And, and look, I'm kind of woo-woo myself. I do Reiki. So I know about energy and I, yeah, I, but I'm grounded also to know that you have to do the work. You have to do, yeah. you can't just sit there, meditate and visualize and, and, and you know, create a, a vision board and expect it all to happen. I mean, you have to do the work and that's yeah. something that I, I feel is missing in a lot of these courses, you know? And so that's whether it's LinkedIn or the others, they, they know the surface stuff. Like they've had a little bit of beginner's luck and it's like, okay, now I know it, but you don't really know. Like you said about the cake thing, you know, what happens if, you know, I've been in situations where I was in the baking business where somebody used baking soda instead of baking powder, you pretty much have to trash it. But this was in a huge vat of cake mix. But you have to know mm. the chemistry behind what these things, you know, what they do, what the difference is. But just to, to wrap up, can you give like three, three tips on what to not do and three tips on what you should be doing more of on LinkedIn? Yeah. So I'll start with three tips to do more on LinkedIn. And, and they're kind of the three things that that you are you already mentioned, we've already talked about. So one, engage. Like, and what I mean by that is you find people on LinkedIn, ideal customers, you find top creators, 
you find people in your same industry or kind of at the same engagement level that you're at, and you engage on their posts every single day, especially if they're ideal customers who are creating content, engage on their content. That like, you want the ultimate algorithm hack for every single social media platform. It's that the more you engage, the more you get found, the more people see you, the more your posts get seen. Like there are certain people on LinkedIn that I've engaged with every single day for two years now. When they log into LinkedIn, my post is the first thing they see in their feed every single day. You don't get that by just posting content. You have to engage. This is, and this is something we train our clients on when we do uh, LinkedIn strategies and ghostwriting for them is you have to be on the platform engaging if you want this to take off. And so tip one, engage. And if you think you're engaging enough, engage some more because you're not. Tip two, focus. And, and when I say that, it's like, ask yourself, what do I want to be known for? On LinkedIn. I want, for me, it's, I want to be the branding guy. What is, what is that for you? Figure that out and write 80 to hundred percent of your content around that top. Um, now I say 80% that way you can still post the like occasional, you know, Oh, it was my anniversary or Hey, this happened in my life. Cause everyone wants to do that kind of stuff, but, but figure out what is that focus and then create pillar content underneath it. So for me, it's branding, which means we talk brand strategy, content strategy. I'll talk some marketing stuff and then sassy Jason, which is I'm going to rip apart every bad branding, marketing and sales tactic I see out there just for fun. My so, so yeah, my, <laughs> mine too. Like everyone's always like sassy Jason came back out. It's like, <laughs> yeah, I try to be, I try to be helpful and try to like give great advice, but sometimes the sassy Jason just has to come out. So <laughs> focus, focus, engage, and being consistent on the platform. And when I say consistency, I don't mean just showing up every day, but pick a day, like the days that you're going to post, pick a time, do that, stay consistent with your tone and voice, because all of that builds your brand. And so one of the reasons Sassy Jason is so popular is I've stayed consistent with that sassy, snarky voice of like even my normal posts. If you read my normal posts, there's always like just this kind of little sarcastic twist at like the, the end. Last line. <laughs> yeah, the last line is always is always just a little bit of a twist. Sometimes people are like, that's a little condescending. And I'm like, that's the point. That's the voice I'm going for. So it's consistent throughout everything that I put out. So it's figuring out that consistency of what days you're going to post, what times you're going to post, that, that tone and voice you're going to stick with and stick with it minimum of a year. If you're not going to stick to it to a year, you're not going to see the results you want. Some of the best results we've gotten, the biggest clients we landed happened after really for, for us, it was after almost year two, where we started landing the 50 to a hundred thousand dollar clients on LinkedIn, because it's, it's about trust and authority. And you don't get that in month one. In month one, you're the new kid that's probably like, and this is this is how I see it and maybe I shouldn't, but I see this new person on LinkedIn and they like grow in their audience, like this is awesome. And in the back of my head, I'm like, I wonder how long it is before this person disappears off the platform. Because they, they have the energy and the drive and they're like, I'm gonna do this and I'm gonna change LinkedIn and I'm gonna make a ton of money. And then after four months when everything turns upside down and the algorithm starts slowing down for them. And they're like, this, uh, this isn't working anymore. I'm going to go to TikTok now. Great. 
when TikTok stops working for you, you'll jump to the next thing and you never get that, that compounding effect of your content. So those would be the three things I would say to do, not to do, obviously the reverse of that. So don't do the reverse of those three things I said, but also I would say, stop falling into this trap of li- listening to what I call the fluffluencers. It's a hard word to say. Influencers who are nothing but fluff. One Yes, their advice will get you a lot of attention, but not a lot of money. Mm-hmm. And so if if you want leads and money to grow your business, stop listening to them and start listening to the people who are making money, but maybe don't have as big of audiences. Most people don't know this and I've signed NDA, so I can't say, but like there are some influencers on LinkedIn, like these, I get a thousand likes per post and more that have come to me for consultations because they can't make money on the platform. Audience size does not equal money. Figure out what you want to be known for, post on that. Even if you only get 50 likes per post, 25 likes per post, if it's making money and setting you up as an expert, it's better than switching to this Fluffluencer style content. So don't listen to the Fluff. Two would be avoiding this idea of, and I want to give a caveat after I say this, avoiding this advice of just being yourself. Now, yes, don't try to be someone else on the platform. That's not what I'm saying. But people equate this idea of being yourself, being authentic, which means I have to share everything in my life. And you don't. If you look at my content, I don't share a lot of personal stuff in my content. I have shared when my dog passed away, I shared that. I shared yesterday, I did a selfie and talked about how like working from home isn't always great because I had a plumber at my house cutting through a cast iron plumbing stack with a saw. And like literally the, you can see the door to my room here, the bathroom he was working in is right across from this doorway. So like my desk was literally vibrating and I'm like, I'm trying to write LinkedIn content. I'm like, this is not fun. I do that every once in a while. But like this this mindset of being authentic and vulnerable and being yourself means I have to share everything personal. Personal content is great. Make that the 20%. Because personal content is not going to drive business. It Yes, it helps people understand who you are and get to know you. But it doesn't create you as an expert. I'm not a plumbing expert. If all I ever talk about is, man, the plumbing in my house, like this, people are going to be like, I don't know what you sell. Like, great. You had some, and I might get a thousand likes on it. Great. But it doesn't equate to money for my company. Last thing I would say is like not having a strategy. And I see this a lot with people, the debate of, should I batch create? Should I just create on the fly? Like, you know, just be yourself. You don't have to have a strategy. If you have a strategy, you're not authentic. Like that's all a bunch of BS. If you are using LinkedIn, any social platform, to grow a business, you need a strategy. Not having a strategy is being is being reckless with your business. Mm-hmm. Because for us, how, how did we get to the point where 75% of our business comes from LinkedIn? Strategy. This did not happen by accident. I just didn't start writing content one day. And it's like, oh, people just want to give me their money. I, I tell people this all the time, especially when they're like, oh, look at what you posted. And I'm like, like there's been a few times where I've complained about LinkedIn or the algorithm and they're like, oh, look at what you're doing. That's so stupid. And I'm like, 
what one thing you need to understand about my content, if it is on my LinkedIn page, there's a strategy behind it. I don't just post because it's like, oh, I'm just going to complain. And even when my dog passed away, I didn't do it because it's like, oh, my dog died. Everyone would be sad for me. There was a strategy, a business strategy behind it. And that's what you need to understand is that this is a marketing and branding thing. Like it is trying to grow your business. And if you're just going to wing it, if you're just going to be like, I'm just going to post whatever the hell comes to my mind in the morning when I'm standing in the shower, just so I get likes, that's not, it's a waste of time. If you're going to do that, take your money, flush it down the toilet, because that's literally what you're doing. Have a strategy. And if you don't know content strategy, if you don't know how to figure this out, who is my ideal audience? How do I write for them? How do I capture that tone and voice that's going to attract them? Hire someone who does. Even if it's a consultant, I might know one who can help. Even if it's a consultant, because it, it's a business function. And if you're using this to grow your business, why would you not want to do it? Why would you not want to have a strategy behind it to make sure that the amount of time you spend on the platform turns into money? And that's the biggest thing I think I see on LinkedIn is there's no strategy behind what people are doing. And then they're like, LinkedIn doesn't work for growing a business. I'm like, I had zero business. Now we've got two, two full-time people. We're looking at bringing on like three more team members, all because of LinkedIn content. It works. I, I'll say this too. And, and then I, I didn't tell you before this. Sometimes you just have to tell me to shut up because I'll just keep going. <laughs> but um. Like this isn't just, (laughs) this isn't just like uh, a lot of times people will kick back to me and be like, but you're selling marketing and branding and, and content tactics. So of course it works on LinkedIn. I sold food processing equipment on LinkedIn. We've, I've sold five, a $500,000 industrial oven that like cooks beef jerky. Like, so all the beef jerky you see in the grocery stores, I've sold ovens like that through content in blog posts and on LinkedIn, it's possible if you know what the hell you're doing. If you don't, work with someone who does because it's very easy to sell a $500,000 or some of the projects like turned into million dollar clients through content on LinkedIn, selling something boring like a food processing conveyor. Wow. Yeah, I get no one is gonna look at that and be like, yes, this is the type of content I want. Like, but for the right people, they were like, they saw the post and they were like, I'm gonna book a time to talk to your sales team. And all of a sudden we're quoting out a two million dollar project off of a LinkedIn post. Yeah. It's possible if you know what you're doing. Not if you're listening to the fluffluencers on LinkedIn. You're never gonna sell a five hundred thousand dollar piece of equipment on LinkedIn posting the five things I learned today, not going to work. You have to know what you're doing, but have a strategy. Yeah. That's so important. And and yeah, the bottom line is, is it going to make you money? I mean, I, I've been on there for a little over a year and pretty much I say 90% of the business I have now is from LinkedIn. And a lot of times too, it's people who don't even comment, but they just, they lurk. And then they, yes. Yes. It's so funny. Well, I so appreciate your time. This has been like such a great, you Drop, drop so many knowledge bombs. Like, I can't even begin to list them. But is there, I know that there's, you're on, obviously on LinkedIn. Where else can people find out more about what you do and your services? 
Yeah, so LinkedIn is probably the best place. I'm also on Twitter at Jason Vanna is is my handle there. And then you can also check us out on our brand new website that just launched like two, three weeks ago. They're all melding into one shift.agency. So S-H-F-T, no I, because there is no I in team. Uh, more, it was, it was, we were trying to be cool. <laughs> so shft.agency. We have an email newsletter we send out every Monday with like, a lot of the information I just shared here in the blog post, we share every week in that email newsletter, how you can grow your brand, grow your content um, without having to hire someone. That's all in there. So if you jump on the website, there's like 50 places where you can sign up for it. But yeah, those would be the the three biggest places and always, always down to talk to new people and connect and read more content and all that kind of stuff. That's awesome. Thank you so much, Jason. Again, I really appreciate it. It's been a great day to you. Thanks for, thanks for having me on. I thoroughly enjoyed it. <laughs> okay, so that wraps up today's episode. I hope you found it valuable. And if you did and you enjoyed it, please be sure to share it with friends and business associates who may find it of interest as well. Thanks so much for listening and be sure to follow me on LinkedIn or you can reach out to me through my website at thecopyworks.com and we'll talk to you soon.